0: Man, take your Bibles and open up to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to go through one verse today, or or a couple, we'll see what happens, I don't know what's going to happen let me let me ask you guys a question though right now we at South Beach Church we monthly uh, support we send some of your tithe and offering that you give to South Beach Church we do this all over nationally locally and globally we support missions we do missions in uh, Lincoln City we support missions here in Newport we support the hospital and missions we support Grace winds Haven uh, we, we support uh, diamonds in the rough how many of you guys though at South Beach Church think we should increase our giving to diamonds in the rough th- this year how many of You guys think we should okay I think let's do it so <clears throat> here's my my commitment to you because my commitment is to what god is doing that we're going to do that as a church body so our our giving is going to increase to diamonds in the rough but you heard what carlos said you guys can do that on your own as well you're more than uh, welcome to stop by diamonds in the rough located right there just north of Mazatlan, go in there and schedule a visit get prayed for and pray for carlos support them in that way we're committed to this as well hey take your bibles now philippians 4 and let's get into god's word and get god's word into us I'm gonna say one more quick prayer. Lord, in Jesus' name, take these next 15 minutes we have set aside and multiply them times 10,000. May they be powerful for us, Lord, and may they be beneficial to others, and may they be glorifying to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Paul says this to the church at Philippi. He says in verse 10, he says, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Paul's writing a letter to the church in response to the gift and to the report that had just recently come to him. This is one of three gifts that the church at Philippi had gathered together and sent to Paul in order to support his ministry. Paul was a sent missionary. He would go places and preach the gospel and start churches. That costs money as well. So Philippi, the church that he'd started 11 years earlier, said, we'd like to participate. Can we take offerings and send them to you as often as possible? And Paul said here, hey, it's been a while since you guys gave. And the reason it's been a while is because you didn't have opportunity. You didn't know where I was. You didn't know what was going on. And they have two things going for them that we must have for ourselves. One is concern, and the other is opportunity. The church at Philippi was concerned about Paul. They saw what was happening, but they didn't have a way to give it. There was no online giving. There was no recurring uh, subscription on their giving for the church or push pay, all those things that we have now. But they did have a concern, but no way to give. The problem with our local day is that it's not a matter of lack of opportunity but it's a lack of concern there's so many things going on isn't there there's missionaries and ministries and there's opportunities to serve everywhere and it takes discernment and sensitivity to the lord to know where should i put my my giving and my tithe and my offering but let me just put this on you if you don't have a concern for something you better ask the lord what he wants to do with your life with your time talent and treasure with your days dollars and deeds it's not for lack of opportunity you and I will be held accountable on judgment day. There's many ways that God has asked us to serve and this church here in Philippi did that. He goes on in verse 11, he says, not that I speak in regard to need. He clarifies, that I don't need anything. I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. We're going to talk about those two words, learned and content, in succession as we get to them. Verse 12, again, he says, I know how to be abased, I know how to abound everywhere, and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. How, How did he learn all these things? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want to teach this, and I want to teach it well, so I'm not going to rush through this don't want you guys to get through some of these big concepts that paul is sharing to the church at philippi I said thank you for your generosity that's the right thing to do thank you for sharing that's our obligation it's our responsibility it's an opportunity it's what we do as the church paul went on to say though that in my times of need i've learned to be content that word learn means initiated god's put him through a lesson he's put him through a season how many of you guys have ever been through a lesson or a season of need? You've been through small times. Okay, remember college? Remember that? Top ramen, like, ooh, I feel like I mean Thanksgiving dinner, you know? And it's like, and you've been initiated. And here's what God wants to do He wants to teach you to be content in those times. That word content's an interesting word. It's almost like you would see a box and say, what's the contents of that box? In other words, what's inside that box is enough. And what God wants for Christians and what God did to Paul is he taught him, listen, to within himself have enough for whatever he was going through and then he went on to say you know where that in myself is enough it's Christ who strengthens me this is so important because we live in a day and an age where you can Amazon Prime whatever you want you can get it delivered next day you can have it your way you can push the easy button we live in a day where I'm not going to be content until something on the outside changes or gives or appears or shows up or gets out of my way well Paul is saying no no I learned to be abased. That means to be low. I also learned to abound, but it's not what's going on around me. It's not what's going on that's not happening for me. I have found contentment because of Christ in me. Can you imagine that? I mean, I'm saved by grace. I'm going to heaven through Jesus Christ in the gift. I know I'm a believer. I know I'm spirit-filled. I know I'm born again. I'm regenerated. I'm forgiven. But every single day, I have struggles to learn to be content. 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 Is the inside of you enough or are you waiting for something on the outside of you to change? This is the American way. This is what we do. This is the system we live in. You don't like it? Upgrade it. Get rid of it. Fire it. Separate from it. Call a divorce and sue somebody over it. Or Paul who did none of those things said, I've actually learned to be content. I've learned it. I've been initiated. I've been trained. It's now mine. Well, how'd you do that? Through Christ who strengthens me. And two of my favorite concepts and principles that I love quoting in succession are this verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and then Jesus in John 15, through without Christ I can do no things. With Christ, all things. Apart from Christ, no things. Now God's gonna put you and me in different seasons. He chooses seasons of abasement. That means to be having nothing, everything taken from you where you're living from paycheck to paycheck or even meal to meal and it's a difficult time. He says, hey, I want you to learn something in that time. I want you to learn contentment. Contentment in your poverty. Contentment in your difficulty. Contentment in your leanness. This could be circumstantially, it could be relationally, it could be spiritually, it could be financially, where things are just not overflowing. Maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe that's what's going on in your life. It's just not an overflowing season in any area of your life. And the Lord says, hey, you think you're here on accident? You think I don't know? what's going on relationally or emotionally, I have you here to teach you this lesson on, pers- on, on purpose. And the lesson to be learned is, can you be content right now? Now, interesting that we all want to get to the season of not being tested in our contentment when we're based. We want to be tested in our contentment when we're abounding, don't we? Lord, if you give me a bunch of money, I promise not to go weird. I promise how many of you guys bought lottery tickets for the 1.2 billion dollars let's see it let's see it don't lie to me it's just church okay I'm disappointed in you if you didn't do it you should have done it you know and prayed Lord I'm just, I'll just be a martyr you know I'll do it you know I promise <laughs> oh I pray for that guy in Illinois or whoever it is that won that 1.2 billion dollars But I also pray for you and I. Having money and having wealth, having riches, having relationships, having lots of kids, having a perfect marriage, which doesn't exist, having all these things out there, having lots, that's not a sin. But not being content in those things, oh, how offensive. How offensive. Having little, living below the poverty line, being unemployed, looking for work, having seasonal issues in that way, that's also, listen, not a sin. But not having contentment. In that season is a sin. I've taught you this, guys, before. There are the righteous rich and the righteous poor. There are the unrighteous rich and the unrighteous poor. The righteous rich are those who have more than they need. They've been given success. They have all kinds of privilege and all kinds of things going on. You know what they are? Grateful, generous, willing to give and willing to serve. Just so grateful. The righteous rich. There are also the righteous poor. Men and women who don't have enough to have multiple things or new stuff and maybe they don't own a home and that's just the way it's gonna be. They gotta work two jobs just to get by, but they have grateful hearts. They're also generous and they trust the Lord in everything and there's a righteousness that goes in with their poverty. There also though are the unrighteous rich. Guys and gals that have more than they need and enough for everyone and yet they have an ungrateful heart. They're stingy, they're greedy and ungrateful. And there's also the unrighteous Poor. Those who live below that poverty line, they don't have enough to get by, and yet instead of taking responsibility for themselves, they blame the government, they blame their upbringing, they blame somebody else, and they welfare themselves, and all these other things, and there's unrighteousness. doesn't matter if you have a lot or a little. That's not the narrative. It's a matter of the condition of your heart. Wouldn't that be awesome if each and every one of us left here and said, Lord, I just thank you for what I have. I can't believe it. Did you know that if you learn something, it's because your master, your teacher, your leader is putting you in that condition, that situation, in that position right there to to learn something? Did you know that the condition right now, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and relationally you're in right now is by God's sovereignty? That's grumbling, by the way. You know? as we look at our paycheck or our spouse or our kids or our church, just something that's... And the Lord says, no, no, you're in a season of learning. What am I learning? Contentment. Well, I'll be content when this stuff changes. (laughs) It ain't gonna change. This is the Apostle Paul. If anybody would deserve to be fast-tracked to the front of the line, to never suffer, to have it all, bills paid, ministries funded everything allowed for him, it would be Paul. But Paul said, no, I've actually learned what it's like to have nothing. I've learned what it's like to be alone. And I learned contentment in it. I learned what it's like to be in the ministry. I learned what it's like to work with my hands and to be content. I've been abased. I've been demoted. I've been overlooked. I've been underappreciated. And in all of those things as an American, don't you just, man, don't overlook me. Don't underappreciate me. Don't do that to me. Why not? Well, because I'm somebody special. Don't you know who I am? This is the Apostle Paul. He's in jail, told the church at Philippi, thanks for the money you just gave. Thanks for supporting the ministry. Oh, by the way, I didn't need it. I'm not going to make God look like he's not taking care of me. God doesn't need your money. You realize that, right? God's not broke. When God asks us to be participatory in our giving, it's not because he needs your money. He's trying to raise funds. As a matter of fact, when God asks us to give money, it's not to raise funds. It's in order that he would raise his kids. It's in order that he would teach us who he is. Yesterday, we were on our way to Walport for a, uh, a little party, a little get-together, and I had the whole family in my truck, and I, and I just turned the music down real quick, and I, I pop quiz Nemo. He's in the back here in the middle. And I said, hey, Nemo. I, I chose him for some reason. I said, hey, Nemo, explain the tithe to me. What's the tithe? He said, well, the tithe, dad, is the first 10% of whatever you make, you give it to the Lord. And I said, and why do we do that? And he said, in order to serve the Lord. That was his answer. I said, that's a good answer. And then I went on to, to just fill in the blanks. I said, it's not just in order to serve the Lord, but it's in order to worship the Lord. It's a way of relinquishing our heart to him because where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And it's a way to serve the Lord, but it's also a way to fund the ministries of the Lord, to participate in what God's doing. It's also, listen, it's also a way that we keep our hearts from growing stingy and greedy and small and weird by giving of those first fruits to the Lord because it's all his anyways. And then we took an offering in the truck. (laughs) Just kidding. Should have, totally missed that one. Paul here In verse 10, he says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Paul's rejoicing. He's happy because he's hearing about this church that's a generous church. And let me just say this before we continue to talk about money for the next couple weeks and as we get into this building project, as we steward our finances in this way. Paul knew that the church at Philippi was loving God, loving each other, and was generous in the things that God had given to them. And it couldn't have made him any happier. He's like, this is crazy. As I was talking to Nemo and Noah and my my kids about tithing, they all all said, yeah, we've been tithing Recently, some birthday money came in. I said, don't forget to tithe. And Noah's got some paychecks from working. He said, yeah, I I did tithe. I already did that, Dad. I was so blessed. I was like, good job. That's so cool. Last night, I was sitting in my 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 office up there studying, and I was just kind of looking around. And I started thinking about my parents taught me to tithe when I was a young person. And so I pretty much have been tithing my entire life, giving 10% of everything I've ever made. And there was a season where I was living wild and not caring about the things of God. But by and large, my whole life, I've given to the Lord. And as I sat there last night, I just began to kind of think about all that I've given to the Lord, and it pales in comparison to all that the Lord's given to me. Is that not crazy? It pales in comparison. Because sometimes there's this sting as a little guy or a gal, like, oh, I got a $100 check from grandma. What do you mean I got to give 10 bucks? You know, and "Ah, what are they even going to do with that down there at that church? You know, and all these questions that my kids have. And yet, has God not been so good to you? And this is a generous church. You guys are generous. We're a generous church. Have you ever been to a generous church before? You got a generous church right now. Have you ever been to a stingy church before? I don't mean to like get weird. But stingy, non-generous Christians are an oxymoron because our God is not stingy. He's generous. He's not broke. He's rich. And I believe the test that God wants us to do, both with our emotional, our relational, our financial giving, everything we have is to know that the Lord will not be outgiven. When it comes to the fruits of the Spirit, the Bible says this in Galatians chapter 5, the fruits of the Spirit are, that's the fruits, the fruits, the abundance, and it lists love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and meekness and self-control. And then at the end it says, against such there is no law. There's no limit. How much fruit should a Christian have? How fruity should we actually be? And the Bible says there's no limit. You can give and you can give and you can give. The Bible actually tests us and says, Try me. Try me in this. See if I don't outgive you in everything you give, relationally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and financially. And as you support what God is doing and see what God is doing, you too will see that you will be met by Him in everything you need. Look at verse 11, he says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Stop right there. Eyes up here. A few more thoughts before we dismiss and go our way. This week, you're going to be tested. This week, there's going to be situations in your life where you're going to wonder, where am I going to get the resources I need? This verse Philippians 4:13 spoken in context is talking about suffering with a lot or suffering with a little because both are suffering and tests. And Paul says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's take this for a spin this week. There are people in our community that will be tested this week and they're going to instantly look for a resource outside of themselves. They're going to look to some sort of entertainment. Some sort of substance some sort of escape. We all look for this. Did you know that our escape, our foundation, is in Jesus Christ? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We all struggle with this from time to time. There's temptations to, man, I just want to get away. I just want to drown the pain. I want to to distract myself from this. This week, today even, may the Lord in our testing like the Apostle Paul, in our trusting, in our giving, in our participating, may we find that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. He is the greater source that allows us to be the people and the men and women that he's called us to be. Let me just tell one story, kind of a weird sermon. I'm just going to try and run through some of the stuff I wanted to talk about today. I'm going to say all this again next week even better, so don't miss it. Years ago, I was driving around Ashland, and I think I was single at the time, and coming back to the Lord, and and my life had fallen apart in such a radical way. I was just so thirsty for things of God, and I found this radio station. It was called Air One, 91.1. It was Christian music, and they ministered to me in such a powerful way. I listened to Air One every day. It was like a story I needed to hear, a song I needed to hear, and then one day they had this kind of, this, this raising money week where it was all dedicated to raising the money they needed to operate the radio program. And as a young single person working a job at a restaurant, I remember they said, we just need you to call in and make a $32 per month pledge in order that the radio station would continue. And I searched my heart and I thought to myself, are you kidding me? 32 bucks a month for what I've been getting from this radio station? No brainer, easy. And so I called the number as a young person. I said, you guys have been such a blessing to me. I just turn on the radio, it's free. Just turn on the radio. And God uses it take my money. And I remember signing up to support that ministry because it had been so powerful in my life. And not just them, but other radio ministries and other people. And I would just encourage you. May the Lord continue to allow us to be used for his glory and for others' good at South Beach Church coincidentally just so perfect timing i was talking to carlos a couple weeks ago and he said hey man it'd be fun just to to let the body know what's going on at ftk for the king ministries and at diamonds in the rough i said absolutely and we'll just wait for the right timing and for such a time as this so i just ask you guys soften your heart we're going to write a check to them make sure that their me- needs are met this month we're also helping grace wins haven men and women who are helping in our community this church does that The men and women of our community do that. So, hey, we're out of time right now. I'm gonna ask you guys to bow your heads, close your eyes. We're gonna pray all this in and ask God to anoint us with what he wants to do in our lives. Lord, I thank you so much for the testimony that we saw and that we heard and that we experienced, Lord, with Carlos and his family, Lord, and the ministry partners that you've brought to this church. Lord, it's incredible. We thank you. And I thank you that this church is generous, Lord, and we're willing to take the spiritual gifts you give us and then give them back to others for your glory and others' good. Would you continue to do that? And would you make us a congregation, make us a people, Lord, that can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And maybe you're here this morning like, Luke, I'm just barely getting through what I'm getting through. Lord, would you anoint us with contentment? Would you anoint us, all with a joy? No matter what, Lord, this world has led us to believe through coveting that we can't be happy until we get that thing. And then as soon as we get that thing, we're, we're still not happy. So I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, we be the most content, most confident, most compassionate church, Lord, that we could ever be by the grace of God, Lord, and for your glory. Thank you for what you've done. If you're here this morning, you just want, you just need the Lord to minister to you. You want to volunteer to Him. Say, yell yeah, Lord, take my life. I don't want to waste it. I want to be yours, Lord. I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. Take me right where I am. Would you just raise up your hand right now? I want to give you a chance this morning to at least connect and confess to the Lord that. Maybe that's the first time for salvation. Maybe that's just for you giving your life back to the Lord to be used by him. Lord, my hand is up to you. Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you fill us, Lord, with your grace? Would you lead us for your purpose? In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? amen and amen. Hey, before you leave, give someone a hug, give someone a handshake, get someone, get to know somebody, and don't forget all the events that are happening this week. Show up at the work days on Tuesday and Wednesday at Newport Christian Church. Help us stain some desks. men. don't forget about the Calvary Chapel Stake and Study tomorrow night. That's at 6 p.m. Other than that, look at your house for some garage sale items for the school coming up on the 13th and 14th. You guys are dismissed.